Welcome to the My Town Travels podcast, the only podcast dedicated to travel, culture, and lifestyle from a small town perspective. We're bringing you personal travel stories, destinations, and tips from interesting and well-seasoned travelers, influencers, and more, and me, your host, Christy Burns. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the My Town Travels podcast. Today, I'm super excited to be meeting with Suze Wood, who I'm very honored I get to call you Suze, um, because <laughs> she just told me that her friends call her Suze. So <laughs> thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah. So Suze is the ethical cheerleader and if you don't know what that is we're going to get into that here and talk about that but you have a big instagram following and engagement and it's because you're just a wonderful person <laughs> when people oh. read read your instagram and go through the things that you post and the encouragement that you give to others it's it's really an inspiration so i'm i'm really excited to be talking with you today and to hear more about ethical cheerleader and the good things that you are you are doing in the world a little bit of background susan and i met through an instagram group with that we i've mentioned this on the podcast before there's a gal that basically started a instagram group for female entrepreneurs that are basically doing good with their Instagram. They have some sort of business or are just simply doing good for others with their Instagram account. And she brought some of these women together. And it's been a really wonderful group to be a part of and to have women that are uplifting each other in that way, especially on the web. And so that's kind of how we connected. And again, I'm glad to have you here today. And Suze, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself and um, tell us about Ethical Cheerleader and your Doing Good account and just kind of what was your vision and passion behind starting this? Brilliant. Well, yeah, thanks again for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this. And that's largely because the whole origins to Ethical Cheerleader are really dating back to around the world trip that I took in 2006. So at this point, I would say that I had become an expert at people pleasing. And I had created much of my life around appeasing shoulds. And if I'm honest, that had creeped into doing good. So if I was doing the recycling, for example, often I would be doing the recycling because I felt I should be doing it. Or I don't know, maybe volunteering at a fundraising event. I thought it was something I should do. And actually, it was very, very difficult for me to take time out to travel because travel was something that I thought I should not do. It seemed very um, selfish and self-indulgent and I couldn't see how any good could come out of it. But I'd love to know if you've had this experience as well, actually. Sometimes you have this idea or desire and you keep ignoring it. And then the more you ignore it, the bigger it becomes. Have you ever had that? Oh, yes. <laughs> it's like something's oh. pulling at you and you know something's pulling at you and you just have to at some point you just have to approach it. Right. And that was me. I was like, this is not going away. So I'm going to have to do it. And I'm so, so glad I did, because 
I think by taking that trip, I had detached myself from a lot of the shoulds. I wasn't going to work every day. I wasn't consuming the same media. I wasn't in the same social circles. And then, of course, you know, the amazing thing about travel is you're then exposing yourself to a whole new set of societal norms and cultural norms. So my eyes were kind of open to all these different perspectives. And I was having time to talk deeply to people about them. And also as a writer, I was journaling every day. So I could reflect on them through writing as well, which is immensely helpful for me. And I think I, my thinking had been pretty binary up to that point. I often thought that there was a right and there was a wrong. And you only needed to have a very kind of tiny open mind, I think, when you go traveling to realize very quickly that that is not the case there's very rarely a universal right and wrong Mm -hmm. so I had that experience coupled with sort of everything becoming more vivid I'm not an expert at this at all but my understanding is that our brains are very responsive to novelty which I guess makes sense in evolutionary terms because it's helpful at identifying threats and so I was seeing new things and hearing new things smelling new things And all this newness sort of intensified that awe and and wonder at the world and a deep sense of connection. It's so difficult, I think, to stare at somewhere like the Grand Canyon for the first time and not feel like immense awe and wonder. Or if it is, I'd love to meet that person. Yeah, Because (laughs) that was totally my experience. And it was as if a a switch had flipped. That's really the only way I know how to describe it. And I found myself thinking, oh my goodness, I actually want to recycle now because I love this world. And that kind of encouraged me to reflect on my behavior and my actions and the shoulds that I had inherited and to ask myself if that was how I really wanted to continue to live and whether they were really helping me love life But this was back in 2006. And I don't know if you would agree, but I feel like things like sustainability have become quite trendy now. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And also social media back then was nothing like it is now. I, I don't know, was Facebook around? Maybe Facebook was around in 2006, I think. It it was. But yeah, I mean, social media is nothing like nothing. <laughs> like it was before. And and it's hard to find authenticity. Yes. And I think a lot of people are especially in the travel blogs mm. and and posts and things. I mean, that's one thing that I know I, I appreciate about you and myself and people that are just doing more of the of the real yes. <laughs> um, because it's hard to find because even, yeah. I mean, it's not like I've never manipulated a photo, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all do it. We want things to look good mm-hmm. the way that we put stuff out there, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between, you know, just snapping a quick photo and putting a filter on it to completely changing, right. <laughs> you know, like, like set, setting up the stage so that you make people think that you're doing something that you're not or that right. it's so much better than it is. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and just speaking truth is is so important 
important, I think, in in this day and age. And it's so hard to find yeah. on the Internet. It's so hard to find. And, you know, the um, in the States, they are uh, a lot of the states are enforcing um Instagram kind of guidelines now with children mm-hmm. um, and they're not going to be allowed on it at a certain age. And honestly, like, I don't want this to become a thing on my podcast, so I'm not going to give my official opinion on it. But I <laughs> can see, I mean, if you just look at the stats and what's going on with our children and and what they, you know, these fake things are doing like the things that we're implanting in them it it's really hard again like that authenticity Mm. if people were being more authentic and not being not making people think that something is wrong with their life if you're not doing these other things you know and that's really hard for impressionable kids so sorry not to get like off the path too much there but it you know i mean having authentic accounts and encouraging accounts is really important because we can't we can't keep kids off of social media we may be able to control in some ways you know what they see but at the same time i mean i have i have two teenage boys 17 and 14 just about Mm -hmm. and then we had a surprise baby (laughs) A year ago. So I have a one-year-old and, you know, my, I'm so busy. I I have no, I I have to trust, you know, at some point that my kids, it's like we have guidelines and we have things that we set for them, but you know, it can only go so far at some point, just like anything else in life, you have to let your kids find their way and you have to believe that they're doing the right things. Mm. But when it comes to like, I didn't grow up with social looking at a phone 24 (laughs) seven. So, and you know, what it does to their brains is real. We really have to have to monitor them and it changes their behavior. And so anyways, yep, that's a different podcast. Well, no, <laughs> what, and in what many social ways, media is doing to our kids. You know? Right. And in many ways, it's very attractive to me to go back to 2006 before Instagram and, and those kind of platforms. And yet at the same time, it was very difficult for me to connect with like-minded people because I had Facebook that was just appearing but nothing else. And I was nervous about sharing my experience at the time with friends because it wasn't, it wasn't as trendy as it is now. Other people weren't talking about it. And then the resources that I did find often seemed to be rooted in that should philosophy that I realized wasn't helpful for me. So I remember feeling a bit kind of lonely and wishing that there was a community I could be part of at that time. Thankfully, as time went on and it became more popular, I was able to feel comfortable talking to people about it a little bit more. And gradually, I became a resource to friends who would ask me to recommend a sustainable sunscreen or an ethical, I don't know, toothpaste, something like that. And then the suggestions came in that maybe I could consider starting a blog which was something that I would have loved to do. But by then, I felt an increasing number of blogs and websites were starting to appear. And actually, many times, what I was doing was signposting friends to the websites that already existed. And I thought, no, you know what excites me? I'm excited by encouraging one another to create 
a fun and fulfilling ethical life that's based on real intrinsic motivation because that's what makes anything sustainable trends come and go and we can all get excited about something temporarily but it's when you are enjoying something when you're internally motivated that's when you keep going and I had no desire to convert anybody to a particular set of lifestyle changes from a place of obligation or pressure or a sense of duty I was just really, really excited about cheering people on in whatever it was they personally felt drawn to and to keep that sense of love for life alive, really. So I think that's really what became the vision for Ethical Cheerleader. It was it was wanting to support and encourage people to create a fun and fulfilling ethical life. And so you had... You went on this trip. So what was this trip? And what I keep wondering, you went on this trip in 2006. You kind of were in a space where you were thinking probably what a lot of people do that I'm like really tired of conforming to the norms mm. <laughs> and they're the, the norms are starting to weigh on me and we're, we're trying, you know, we're trying to break free from some of these things. And so you went on this trip and it just really opened your eyes to a different type of living. Am I following that correct? Kind of like when the switch, when the switch went on and that's kind of when ethical cheerleader was, was born, so to speak, you started putting the, (laughs) putting the pieces together and through, through that and finding a platform, which ended up being Instagram, you have now put together a way to help others live this way. So what exactly is your platform at this point? And like, what exactly is ethical living? If somebody said, hey, you know, I came across your Instagram and I'm trying to figure out how, how to do what you're doing or how to follow, you know, this type of lifestyle, what would you, what would you tell them? Sure. So I would describe Ethical Cheerleader as a supportive and engaged community exploring the relationship between ethical living and happiness because for me the two go hand in hand I think that's what I realized on the trip and so if you're looking for a community that encourages each other to look for a fun and fulfilling ethical life ethical cheerleader could be a place in terms of what I mean by that and what I mean by ethical living this is actually a question I asked my community a while ago because everybody has slightly different take on it and I think there's also a lot of crossover now between things like sustainable living and ethical living and conscious living and people aren't really sure what is what if you go onto the internet and you type what is ethical living into your search engine or look up wikipedia you'll generally get something that says making decisions for daily life which take into account ethics and moral values particularly in relation to sustainability consumerism environmentalism wildlife and animal welfare that's what you tend to get when you look it up but i'm all about keeping it simple and finding something that works for me and so my definition of ethical living is loving life I keep it as simple as that, both in terms of enjoying life, loving life because I'm enjoying it and I'm valuing it and I'm excited about it. And also as a natural consequence, 
of that, loving life in terms of taking care of it. We naturally take care of the things we value. So for me, it has much more to do with a way of being in the world than any particular set of lifestyle choices that are bound to be different because all our circumstances are different and we've all got a a different set of gifts and time available and, and so on. But if we approach our daily decisions with the question of how can I best love life right now, you know, with an awareness of the gifts that we have and the information that is available to us, as well as, you know, any biases that we might have, like we're all prone to paying more attention to the sound of something that we like than a piece of information that maybe we don't like. And and with a humility to change and be open to, to new information, I think if we ask that question, how can I best love life right now? I think that's ethical living. That's a beautiful sentiment. How do you know with your Instagram community you know, how to kind of like, what what was the switch that went off when you thought, okay, I can help people achieve this type of ethical living. And what is kind of the inspiration that made you go, I want to be a force for good on Instagram and help people with this. And what are the kinds of questions that you get from your community that are trying to achieve this type of lifestyle? I think for me, it was actually all about connection. I think that's why I went on to Instagram initially. I had been quite resistant. I was a relative latecomer and it was actually friends suggesting I joined Instagram that that really encouraged me to do it. They were the ones who said, you know, you might find this community and be able to share your stories and your experiences and learn from others if you join Instagram. So I kind of was like, hey, I'll give this thing a go and I was really really surprised just how quickly I found other people who had a similar kind of philosophy for me it was never about offering advice I'm not an expert in behavioral change or sustainability or ethics or anything like that and I I don't feel comfortable calling myself something like a coach or, or anything because I don't have the knowledge or skills to to sell myself as a professional you know in in any way shape or form I just genuinely love it when we cheer each other on and encourage positive change and personally I've always found a supportive friend to be as valuable for my growth as some of the best experts in their field plus I think whether you're talking about ethical living or travel or anything else sharing our stories and our experiences is just so powerful we learn so much from one another and i think that was probably the inspiration for going on to to instagram it was this desire for connection support encouragement growth and fun because ethical living was so fun to me i thought you know what it would be even more fun to do this with others so I think that was the that was the inspiration rather than specifically wanting to offer any advice, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you're you're hitting the nail on the head for me. My I recently just had a conversation with a, a dear friend who's just going through mad amounts of 
terrible things. And, and, you know, in the world we live in right now, there's so much bad things happening um, that you can't even get in like to see a therapist. You can't even, I mean, it's here in the States. Like, I don't know what I live in Ohio. I don't know where it is everywhere, but here, I mean, it, it is so hard. You know, she was telling me last night, um, you know, I was finally ready, like to go in and start seeing a counselor and doing these kinds of things mm-hmm. because she really needs it. And they're like, yay, great. You know, first appointments in three months. Like the people are like so ready to try to help people that need the encouragement and need things. And, you know, not that anything, you know, that you're doing isn't like related to just like, you know, helping people that are down and out, you know, you're Mm -hmm. helping people that are very happy too, (laughs) you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, it's the whole scope, but it's just, it's nice again, to know that there are communities where people are just simply being encouraging and being in the moment and that it's not all just about like, look at, you know, look at where I am and look at this pretty picture and look at like real, real community with real engagement and, you know, that you're actually going on and, and talking to people and encouraging them and wherever they are. And it's just, it's so important in a in a broken world and like you said the the other thing is that we do live in a in a beautiful world and and being able to you know as a fellow traveler being able to post things that are encouraging in that way too and going Mm. taking in the world around you and being able to share that is a very important thing and the way that you share that is a very important thing and the internet has opened up whole new sect for people. Like you said, you don't have to be an expert, Mm -hmm. but some people who, who have a degree in something may not be very good at communication (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, I mean, so there's all these things where it's, it's kind of a beautiful thing when somebody like you put something together that's truly helpful for people. And like you said, you're like, I'm not claiming to be an expert, Mm. but you're a really good writer and you're good at communication and you care about people. And there's so many parts of all of that that are just as important. I, I really liked what you said about a supportive friend is as important as any expert. And it's, Mm. it's like, absolutely. (laughs) That is absolutely true. You know, going back to the friend that I was just having a, a pretty deep conversation with the other night that was just top of mind for me because that's what she needed right now. Like Mm. she just kept saying, I need support. I need support. You know, she's a single mom and, you know, just has a lot going on. And there's, there's just so many people out there that just need encouragement, you know, whether it's good, bad, or, you know, day that they're having. So like we we all need it every day. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So thank you very much for for what you're doing, because it's, you know, especially on Instagram and as a fellow writer, Instagrammer, (laughs) social person, as the person who does that, um, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot to stay up on your community. It's a lot to, you know, put together all the things to try to to keep all of that going. People really don't if you're doing it well, people really don't know what all goes into it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like, (laughs) yeah, it's not like you just kind of woke up one day and we're like, Oh, I'm just going to post this today. You know, like it's just, you know, like it's a hobby. 
it's like, yeah, well, when the hobby turns into more of a job, I mean, you you take it seriously, but you also have like dedicated time to it. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I appreciate you dedicating that time. So I, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. Your, you know, your Instagram, again, just going back to your community and the things that you post. But one thing we haven't really gone into yet is travel, which mm. is a big, a big part of fun part of your Instagram and what you love to do. And so for the my town listeners, and you're in the UK, you know, what are some of the small towns? Like what are some of your favorite places that you could tell our listeners about? My Town could not be bringing you our wonderful travel content without our generous sponsors. We invite you to take a quick break with us and hear some great destinations that are supporting the My Town Travels podcast. You're invited to experience Tuscarawas County, Ohio. Whether you're enjoying the rolling hills of Amish country, strolling through our historic villages, or exploring our one-of-a-kind museums and attractions, we're sure you'll discover why visitors keep coming back time after time. Conveniently located along I-77 in Northeast Ohio, Tuscarawas County is just a short drive from Cleveland, Pittsburgh, or Columbus. And be sure to check out our all-new Destination Learning Magazine, the perfect guide for virtual and homeschooling families. Visit TravelTusk.com, that's TravelTusc.com to learn more. Oh gosh, my favorite places. Well, the ones that jump to mind are actually places I've visited when I've traveled away from the UK. I think there's something special, you know, when you visit a place for the first time or just once. And so which are the small towns that jump out? For me, a lot of it, if I'm being really honest, a lot of it is about location. I absolutely love the great outdoors. I'm at my happiest if I'm hiking in the mountains or through the forest or by the coast so a popular one that always stands out to me is Banff that most people will probably have heard of but I just I adored it because of the location um for a similar reason Denmark in Western Australia which maybe not many people have heard of again on the coast, but also by the most amazing forests, rolling hills, really, really friendly, a great bookshop. I spent hours in a bookshop. And for me, if there are bookshops, an independent bookshop, some thrift stores and markets, I'm sold. I'll, I'll spend yep. ages and ages there. And actually Fremantle in Australia, that's another one. They've got a lovely market, great street art. And again, a very welcoming vibe I I don't know if you've had this experience I might come across as a little woo-woo now but sometimes you cannot put your fingers on what it is exactly that you love about a place but there is just some energy about it that makes you feel at home um or that that makes you fall in love with it that you connect with and I think that's probably which I know you'll probably agree with I think that's largely down to the people that you meet yes you know a place can feel so different can't it depending on who you've met and that that for me is the joy of small towns is that often you have time to connect with people on a deeper level and really get to know a person which you don't always get 
in busier places with large crowds and lots of hustle and bustle. And it's when you are really made to feel welcome and understood and valued that I think you you sort of feel like, okay, even though I've never visited this place before, I belong and I'm safe here. And that, for me at least, it makes me so much more open to new experiences and to learning and growing. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of, you know, the places that really stand out at me, they're the small towns where I felt the most welcome. They're all about the people. Yep, they are. They they are definitely always about the people and they have their own culture and the way that they do things and the ones that that bring you into that culture. And like you said, they make you feel safe. They make you feel welcome. Those are the ones that typically go, I'm going I want to come back here. This is, you know, this is a wonderful place. I want to share about this. It's not like it's always going to work out as far as, you know, every place that you choose isn't going to be exactly what we're what we're talking about. (laughs) Like, but at the same time, I feel like if you choose a more remote or small town type location to travel, I feel like you have a much better chance (laughs) Mm-hmm. of having those experiences right. than if you than if you don't because yeah. they're used to having like the small town culture you're just you're used to having more of that one-on-one with people because when you're in a big city there's so many people like they get into a rhythm of of right. being more standoffish or having to see a lot of people in a day so you're not really like having those deeper conversations and yeah. So just thinking as well, another thing that I think is really valuable about small towns when you're talking about size is when you're able to get around by foot, I think you savor the experience much more. You see things that you wouldn't when you're just, you know, catching a subway from one place to another. You'll step inside buildings and visit businesses that otherwise you would whiz past. And I think that's another thing. I think there is something about the actual size other place especially if like me you're somebody who values traveling by foot I mean I love it anyway I feel good when I'm moving my body it lowers the carbon emissions which I'm very conscious of now I've traveled around the world um I'm outdoors and I love being outdoors so I think for me there's there's something about you know the physical aspect of a place being small as well it, there is absolutely. And I, I actually just did a, a post on that a couple months ago based on the health benefits of travel. And it's so true. I mean, that's one of the things I feel so much better. I know that everybody would not agree with me on this, but I do. I feel so much better physically when I travel because you're, you're constantly moving, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you do have to plan so that you're not wearing yourself out because you're doing things that aren't quote unquote normal, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, when you're putting yourself out there, I know we're, like you said, just walking and seeing things or going hiking or whatever it is that you love to do. You're just so much more mobile. And now we live in such a more sedentary world. You know, I mean, even like with what we do, it's like we travel, we go and do, but then like we have to sit in front of a computer to get it out there. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's the, yeah. that's the downfall. It's like I we know. have to go and do these other things because we're we're sitting in front of a computer otherwise and that's not fun. <laughs> Gosh, sometimes it feels like two different lives, doesn't it? 
Oh my gosh, it's awful. Like I, and I've tried, I mean, there's so many different things that I'm, you know, you try to, you, you've got the, we've got like the smartwatches here and the, you know, stand up, you know, things for the laptops and you know whatever, yeah. whatever you can do to try to, you know, make sure that you're not sitting too long. Like my watch literally tells me, you know, get up. You've been, you've yeah, been sitting yeah. too long, like, cause I'm old now and I need to make sure that somebody's telling me I'm not sitting too long, but you know, so we, we try, you know, as far as trying to make sure that, yeah, that's, it's so much better when, when you're traveling because you're not thinking, you don't have to think like that. Yeah, you're going to exactly. go out, you're going to explore, you're naturally just going to feel better. You know, our bodies weren't made to sit like that's oh, not yeah. what they were that's not what they were made for and so we're just <laughs> you yeah. know we're, we're in an age where the technology and the things that are wonderful that we're creating are also creating problems so we have to we have to figure out ways to fight that and and travel is a really good you know in my opinion a really good way okay. to do that okay. I'd like to I, I, mean, I sleep so much better when I'm traveling I don't know about you I do too. Like the first night, sometimes I, you know, just the new place kind of thing, I have to kind of get settled. But it, outside of that, yeah. yeah, I always do too, because my body's just tired. Actually, yeah, <laughs> Tired in a good way. But ha have you ever had anybody ask you, you, you something you mentioned at the beginning of the of the podcast about how when you first started traveling, you felt like maybe that's not something that you should be doing that it's you know it seems like a selfish thing to be doing that because I'll tell you I don't I don't feel that way anymore you know I've I've turned it into obviously like my life what I do <laughs> but it, you know especially when you're starting out that's something that I think people do struggle with like should I be is this something that I should be doing you know it costs money it's this and there's ways mm. that you can plan and and do that but how do you you know, just curious you know how you overcame that and like just any advice on how to not don't feel guilty about doing something that that's really good for you overall yeah I think what works for me is this little motto that I've now developed which is go in to go out so I think before, you know, I did have all these shoulds that were playing in my mind about what I should be doing, what kind of person I should be doing, what activities were worthwhile and what weren't. Whereas now I'm much more interested in getting to know myself and going back to the whole ethical living philosophy, thinking about how can I best love life so I tend to ask myself three questions I ask myself what my passions are what I enjoy what feels playful because I'm convinced that when we are feeling good we are so much more likely to do good that's been my experience and often the things that perhaps in the past I would have felt selfish about doing I now recognize as being very helpful in terms of doing good because I'm feeling good and we all know you know even simple things right you're a parent you know if you are in a good mood because you've just done something you've really enjoyed you are going to have so much more patience you're going to be much more attentive a much better listener and so I think starting with that question is really really helpful and then I also think a lot about my values 
I personally focus on sort of what I call transcend transcendent values. So things that sort of take me above myself to consider the welfare of others. So an obvious one would be something like compassion. But I think, you know, even something like humor. I mean, you can do so much good in the world with humor. And then mm -hmm. I focus a lot on, you know, how can I be compassionate today, for example. That that really helps me, actually, because sometimes I will have an idea or I'll have something I want to do. But for whatever reason, there are obstacles. You can't always do anything that you want in life, but you can usually control who you are. And so there's something about, you know, thinking, OK, well, how can I be more compassionate or, you know, more encouraging today? What opportunities have I got in order to do, to do that, which is kind of like a compass, really? And then the last one, which is really like moving on from going into going out is, OK, and what are my gifts? So I've got these values and I've got these passions. Now, what are my personality traits? You know, what time is available to me? What are my financial resources like? What skills do I have? And it's at that point where I feel like we've got to be really honest with ourselves and and get to know who we are not who we think we should be or you know what others might want of us and channel that outwards and recognize that if you do that you can do good in pretty much anything you know yeah if your focus is on using your gifts to serve and following your your passions and living out your values that's an amazing amazing gift to the world and honestly, it has really changed the way that I feel about service because I used to have role models who were, I didn't realize it at the time, but they were often pretty extroverted. And so they might be volunteering in a very people facing role. And then I would go and, you know, volunteer in the same way. And I would be like, oh, this is hard. Oh, it's such a slog to volunteer. And I'm sure that I probably wasn't doing the greatest job because people can pick up on whether you really want to be somewhere or whether you feel you should. When I came yeah. back from my trip, I was like, okay, so I'm an introvert. I want to do good. How can I do good as an introvert? Oh, I like writing. Oh, I've just moved to a new village. They're looking for an editor for the village newsletter. Perfect. I can do that from home. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. And in fact, it was probably the first time, at least as an adult, that I was volunteering in a way that was life giving. And I think that I makes think, I think you difference. just described right there, you just described like somebody watching a Hallmark movie in a small town in the UK. Really? <laughs> I feel like you described like the most idyllic <laughs> situation <laughs> known to man. Like that was awesome. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm like picturing it, you know, like, oh, the small village and, you know, and oh, oh I, what can I do? I'm going to be the editor of this, <laughs> of the small news. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. <laughs> I didn't mean I to interrupt, it. but I thought I had to get that thought out. That oh, was amazing. <laughs> like see these things really do happen <laughs> they really do they really do which is not to say it's perfect and you feel elated the whole time but you feel happy in terms of having meaning and connection and purpose you know and and all those things 
<laughs> well, I thank you for kind of elaborating on that because I I do think that we we have trouble as humans. I mean, we just have trouble with expectations. Mm. I mean, that's a that's a big one. Tell this to my kids, my friends, parts of my community. I mean, there's just when it comes to travel when it comes to your own personal goals um you know there were a couple of things that you said that i that i wrote down here asking yourself what is your focus like i really like that because your focus is very different than setting expectations or setting goals which right. especially over here in the states like that is what we do that's ingrained from the minute that you are born <laughs> is yeah. like what your what are your goals going to be and what are, you know how are you going to live your life what are the things and and that's a beautiful thing again going back to kind of the philosophy of your page with how are you going to live your life i mean there are societal norms that we adhere to from a very early age and mm -hmm. some of those things you're just you're not going to get rid of them but trying to be in a supportive community of people that are going, Hey, there are different ways to look at life. Right. right. <laughs> and exactly. you know, you can, you're always going to have these other things creeping in, but focusing on, on self is a very um, trendy thing right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's not really that like I, again, a, a different type of podcast. I don't want to get too far off base. Um, because the whole self-love and stuff like that, it, it's a good thing, but it can be dangerous too. Mm. Like too much of that, like not thinking of others, you know, like there's, there, there are people that are taking things to extremes like they do, like people do, you know, in anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like, you have to find balance with everything, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also take into account what you're, what you're like you've mentioned you know how do you view service how do you you know are these things that you have you even thought of how you're going to live your life this way right. you know, i think that the intentionality behind these thoughts is what people should slow down and do whenever i, I i've had people approach me about certain ways that, that i do things one thing that i tell people is like it's so simple, but it's just old school. Do you journal? Oh my <laughs> you know, gosh, do you yes. write down? Yeah. And so many times yeah. that I run into people like you, people that are true travelers and communicators and things like that. I mean, they're avid journalers because oh, I'm a big you just, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, you just, cause you got to get your thoughts out mm. and, mm. and whether or not that transpires into something else like that you're going to share, you know, you don't know, but that's, it's just a way to be able to be creative and to, um, and to just, you know, get your thoughts out there and, and do something for you. And it's just, it's interesting to me how many people still have not discovered that that that's a really good tool to, for lots of different reasons. Oh my goodness. But, yes. I mean, for me, it is probably one of the most powerful practices that I think I I engage with. I I don't think that I would have changed my world view or seen things the way that I see them now if it wasn't for journaling. On my trip, actually, every day I set aside time to journal. Every day, and I'm I'm sure that that was as important as 
you know, exploring the world and having these meaningful conversations with people and becoming exposed to different perspectives. It was then taking the time to reflect on them. They, they're so important. They go hand in hand for me, I think. Yeah, they, they do. And taking the time to do that, you know, we were kind of talking about the, you know, should I travel? Should I, you know, like when people feel guilty about things, I think people feel guilty about even just what you just said, taking time mm. to, to journal, taking time to reflect mm. on that. But I mean, if you do it, and it's hard when everybody's busy and you have kids and you have, I mean, everybody has all their things. Yeah, <laughs> and all the things make you busy, and you know you got to slow down and take the time. And yeah, it's easier said than done. It is, oh, but yeah. but when you do, you can just get so much perspective. And you, if you don't take the time to get perspective, it makes it really hard to move forward. However, you want to move forward, you know, you're yeah. just going to stay stuck, and it seems counter you know, counterproductive, yeah. counterintuitive to slow down, to be able to go forward. But that's, that's really in most cases what people need to do because we're told that like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. Mm. And that's not, you know, you, you eventually get to a point where you realize that that's not a great way to live. <laughs> right. Oh, I've got so, the wrong destination. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I'm not like, we're not reinventing the wheel, you know, if people know this, but it's interesting how often we all need to be reminded. We all need to be right. reminded about this all the time because we're all getting back into that cycle all the time. Right. <laughs> and, and it's I just, it's think, the, I don't think you even need to necessarily, I know not everybody's a writer, so I don't think you even necessarily need to write things down. Like I've suggested to people before, like talking into your phone, just recording your voice. Yeah. You know, there are other ways of doing it, but it's just somehow finding a time to reflect and and think about whether your life's journey is going in the direction that feels right for you, whether you feel like you're stepping into the fullness of all that you are and living a fulfilled life. And, and doing good and even if it's just a few minutes a day gosh even you know 10 minutes a week I think it can make such a difference absolutely yeah that's a really good point I mean look at how fast um podcasts are growing <laughs> people exactly. like to talk into their phones I mean yeah. it's a we people need to get out you know whatever's inside of them <laughs> and podcasts are another way to reflect as well actually I mean I think anytime you listen to other people sharing their experiences and stories that's an opportunity for some self-reflection right there mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I mean it just and those are good opportunities too like people are are always looking for guests you know to be on podcasts and I mean there's so many of them out there mm. um you know that's something too if people are looking for a hobby or something to do like be a podcast guest yeah. <laughs> you could probably you could probably make a career out of being a guest because <laughs> people are are looking for interesting conversations all over the place yeah. and I love listening to them too <laughs> I, me too um <laughs> 
So as a, you know, we have lots of female listeners and lots of female entrepreneurs and, you know, people are always interested with travel and how we do it and, you know, how, how you're, we're able to do what we do, that kind of stuff. And, you know, I've, I've done podcasts on like, it's really no secret. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but what kind of advice, you know, would you give to our listeners who's, if there's somebody that's looking at doing travel as part of their career? or, you know, ways to give back or just kind of how if they're looking at what we're doing and saying, hey, you know, I, I want to get involved in this type of work, you know, what would you what kind of advice would you give? Gosh, I wonder if it would be very similar, actually, if it would be the same message go in to go out. So why why do you want to do this? What is it about this that appeals to you? How can you make it playful and enjoyable? Because if you do that, you're going to keep going. It's mm-hmm. much more likely to be successful. How are you going to live out your values in this in this work and use your gifts? I think that, at least for me, I'm, I'm not one for giving out advice, but I think that's what has worked for me. With Ethical Cheerleader, it was very much about connection, community, encouragement I didn't have any what most people would call big goals for it I was just enjoying myself and then opportunities presented themselves to me through the connections I made so I think starting there starting with getting to know yourself and being honest with yourself as well because occasionally I think we do have these ideas about something we want to do because we think it sounds appealing or might be a path to success or other people could value it or it's something that we should do but if we're really honest with ourselves it's not in alignment with our deepest passions and our deepest joys and and wouldn't be the best use of our of our gifts so I think being honest with yourself going in to go out and focusing on feeling good is probably one of the most effective routes to doing good and doing good for the long term I think it's good advice (laughs) I mean you have to you have to dig deep when you're going to look at taking on any new Mm. any new venture and again you know in alignment with what you said like those expectations you you got to really think through, like you said, your, your values, how you're going to play out the things that are going to make you happy, um, you know, in, in what you're planning on doing, if you're going to venture out on your mm-hmm. own when it comes to business, but also, you know, don't set your expectations too high. Like you said, a lot of the things, and I have a very similar story was, you know, you get started with something and you stick to it, you know, you have certain guidelines, but you, you make it playful. You do the, some of yeah. the things that you love so that you keep going. Right. And the, some of the opportunities will, will come, you know, as a result of that, right. if you set your expectations to, if I don't, if I don't achieve X, Y, and Z in six months, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, you're, you're just, you could be setting yourself up for failure. You know, I'm not saying there's anything yeah. wrong with a goal yeah. like that, but right. you also just, don't set your expectations too high because yeah. it can make it really it can make it really detrimental like to your own mel- mental health <laughs> absolutely and you know to use a travel metaphor so much is about the journey 
if you're not yes. enjoying the journey you know then I, I always question whether something's the, the right path for me yes that's very very true we're all going to go through ups and downs through life you know but what you and I are discussing is kind of the the broader picture yeah, you know absolutely. I mean it's not like every day is going to be rainbows and roses but oh, I you know <laughs> I mean <laughs> but I mean you, you got to look at the at the big picture you know are you making yourself happy in the big picture and that's yeah. where you need to to make those changes so this season's theme is the truth about travel on the my town travels podcast and so I wanted to ask you what one of your traveling truces or some kind of what's a maybe a myth that you found as you've been traveling what really happens behind the scenes <laughs> just something that you have found as a as a traveling a traveling truth uh, well, you know what I really discovered is that it all counts. I had this incredible around the world trip and it resulted in so many significant lifestyle changes. But since then, I have also made very significant lifestyle changes during staycations. And I have really realized that you can grow, you can learn, explore, change and do good absolutely anywhere. And I don't know if you've ever found yourself in these conversations, but sometimes I've been in conversations where it's proper travel is where you go somewhere as different to home as possible. I don't always know what different means, but <laughs> for me, you know, whether I've been in Mexico or Malta or Malaysia or Morocco, I'm trying to think of some other M's, um, They've all been as valuable. And I, I've truly found that travel can be transformative when it's just outside your front door, you know, as it can be when you travel to the other side of the world. It can be different. And I definitely find um, when I'm, you know, going somewhere and I'm seeing things for the first time, I do feel if I'm being honest, I feel that I'm more alive and it, it is easier for me to open my mind to new perspectives I think that just happens when you're you know your senses are enhanced there's just something that happens then but with an open heart and an open mind it can happen absolutely anywhere and really the best question to ask ourselves about where to travel or how to travel you know that it's, it's about asking it's asking ourselves, I think, is what I'm trying to say. We're the best people who can decide where and how to travel. And that's going to be different to everybody. So I think, yeah, I think it would be, it all counts. And also the great thing about travel is that you can travel in a certain way, but you can learn so much from other travelers who do it differently because we share our stories and we share our experiences. And again, if we listen to one another with an, an open mind and an open heart, then that's an opportunity for us to then self-reflect, which mm -hmm. is one of the reasons that, you know, I love talking to you, for example, you know, we travel differently with a different focus, but we learn so much from each other. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And when it comes to individuality and travel, your everything's customizable. You yes. know, it's the it's the it's the part of your life that if you make this part of your lifestyle, you're 
you're kind of the best version of you because mm. you're just you're doing exactly what you want to do when you want to do it. Yes. And how exactly. and how you want to do it and what your what your mood determines you're going to do. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's setting aside time, you know, to really try to be the best version of you, which is kind of a, a philosophy that I've started to adapt over the last few years. I mean, it's hard not to relate, but when you do travel as part of your part of your work, that's very different than somebody who they they maybe they work, I mean, just an, an insane amount of hours. And so they look at travel as just a break. Like mm-hmm. they just it's whatever they need to do to relax. And that's okay too. Yeah. But there's other ways to travel that aren't what I try to encourage people is there's other ways to travel that aren't extravagant that aren't, you know, like you don't have to save up for that two weeks that you get to take every year and you, it takes a whole week for you to just (laughs) de-stress, you know, because I've, I've been in that situation too. And there's ways that you can incorporate travel in, in smaller ways so that you can kind of bring that into your world. Mm. And like I said, try to be the best version of yourself and not just okay, I, I need a break from my daily life. And, you know, and I think that that's kind of what you're trying to achieve as well with people with ethical living. It's like, this isn't, this is life, like you said, lifestyle changes. Like there are ways to do lifestyle changes and also bring travel into that that are going right. to help you. It's not just about I work and work and work so that I can take a trip. You know, that's if that's exactly if that's the goal, like that's hard. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. hard. And we've all been there and, you know, taking the small steps. And like you said, it all it all counts. So <laughs> think about what it is from from your parts that that make you happy and try to bring more of that into to everyday life as opposed exactly to just it. just waiting the waiting for those two weeks per year you know yeah and and, and then you know getting to those two weeks and being too exhausted to do all the things that you'd hope to do oh there's nothing worse than working really hard for this two week trip and then getting to the trip and being too exhausted to do all the things you were looking forward to doing Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. One of the very first, my, uh, again, another podcast, because um, <laughs> you and I, I think, could talk for a long time. We really could. Um, <laughs> But uh, my my husband and I met in Hawaii, like that's where we met. And so it's, it's a, um, it's a very special place for us, the big island. And, and, and we've gone back several times. And every time I go back, it's better because I'm, my philosophy and the way that I travel and the things that I do are different, you know, but Mm -hmm. I I always tell people like, if you're going to do a trip, like Hawaii or a bi- a big trip like that, you know, you've mentioned several different places that you've been that I would consider like the big trips mm-hmm. like Australia and Morocco. And I mean, that first week, especially at that part of my life, it does, it takes you like, like you said, doing all the things that you need to do for a big trip like that. Like it mm-hmm. takes you several days when when you get to a place to just kind of be like okay (laughs) I'm here I have to de-stress you know so I always tell people I'm like you 
if you're going to invest in a trip of any kind like that, you have to do two weeks. Like you just don't try to do, don't try to wrap everything up. Like I hear people like they go on these trips and they're like, yeah, we'll be gone about six days. I'm like three of those days. You're just going to be like zonked, Mm. (laughs) you know? So like, you're really only getting a three day trip, you know, for something that's like, and really for the cost, this is something I would love to do like a podcast with a lot of the women from our group to chime in Mm. would be like the cost of travel, like the true Mm. cost of travel from people that are doing it. Because I will tell you what, like, yes, it costs money, but if you're going to invest in a six to eight day trip versus a 14 day trip, you'd be surprised surprised when you plan for that the difference in cost yeah and and you and you just have to look at it that way and um because a lot of these places especially with lodging like if you're staying long term Mm -hmm. um it's cheaper to rent by the week (laughs) so you know I mean it's just again like little things like that that as you travel and you learn we just we got to help more people understand because it's um it makes a huge difference, right. a huge and, difference. Yeah. And, and thinking differently about accommodation. I mean, one thing that we love, I don't know if you do much of this, but we love staying on campsites because we enjoy the outdoors and we want to be outdoors for as much as possible. And I'm more of a glamper than a camper, if I'm being very honest. But oh, me too. <laughs> but sometimes you can find sort of a, almost a cross between the two where at least the tent is pre-erected and you've got beds and you've got a kitchen area and you know you can stay there for two weeks compared to maybe a hotel that you were looking at where you'd get you know two days worth so I think thinking more widely about your accommodation options is another way that you can invest longer in a trip too. Yes like I said we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get offline and put another podcast together for (laughs) for some of these like the costs um of things because I think that's always a question that I get from people like how do you afford this you know and again there are ways you you can do this there are ways um coming up on the my town travels podcast it's coming (laughs) (laughs) so well thank you so much I know that we have we have talked for a long time because you're just so lovely to talk to Um, (laughs) but I really appreciate you having you on the show where can people find you so that they can follow your page and learn more about ethical cheerleader awesome so it's just at ethical cheerleader over at instagram so it would be an absolute joy to to connect with people on that wonderful well thank you so much for being on the show Suze. wow that's that is on the show Suze. i'm telling you that was hard for me to get out <laughs> oh honestly it's but been... i did it i i got it <laughs> it's been so fun thank you i really love your conversations about travel and and also i have to say that you have really opened up my eyes to ways that i can support the growth of small towns which i guess is a perfect example of how we can learn from each other so yeah thank you for letting me share some of my experiences today Oh, well, thank you so much. That makes me feel good. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. For more information on the towns we visit, go to mytowntravels.com and check out our new listing site, travelsmalltowns.com. 
To be a guest on the show or to sponsor an episode, navigate to our podcast page. Here you can see more information on guests, listen to more episodes, and submit guest requests. It all starts at MyTownTravels.com.